Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing on with this series that I've been doing on truth. And today I want to look at impediments to finding the truth. Now, I'm only going to look at two scriptures, but I'm going to talk about this because there is an issue that I see in the church today that um, that is a concern for those who want to find the truth. And it has to do with the Bible. What version of the Bible should you be reading to find the truth? Now, I'm not going to tell you which one you should read or which one you shouldn't read. But I'm going to tell you this. There are three types, three categories of Bibles that exist today. There is a one that they call a word-for-word translation. There is one that's called a thought-for-thought interpretation. And there's one that's called an idea-for-idea interpretation. Now, as you can see, there are three categories, word-for-word, thought-for-thought, idea-for-idea. And the differences are that the word-for-word translation is where the translators have gone back to the original Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic manuscripts, and they have taken each word and used the closest possible English version or English translation of that word to translate the Bible. Now, of course, the best Bible to get if you want to read the Bible and you want to get the truth is get the Greek or Hebrew. But most of us don't read Greek and Hebrew, so we have to rely on one of these English translations. The word-for-word translation, um, examples of those are things like the the King James Version was a word-for-word translation. Uh, the RSV is a word-for-word. The ESV is a word-for-word. The NASB translations are word-for-word translations. Those ones are all good word-for-word translations. The newer the translation, probably the better, because they've got, got more... Greek manuscripts and um, Hebrew manuscripts that they can use to do the translation. The one challenge, the King James Version was a great Bible in its day, um, but they only had four manuscripts that they could use to translate uh, to use that Bible. And the oldest of those wasn't very old at the time. It was uh, it was not anything like the older manuscripts that they've since found. And so consequently, you could argue that um, because of the way that the manuscripts were handwritten and copied and copied and copied down through the ages, errors crept in. That's normal. That's human nature. Not, I'm not knocking at the uh, the King James Bible. Lord, don't take that uh, for one moment. But there are some challenges with that Bible, aside from the fact that they only had a couple of manuscripts, and one of those I know had been tampered with. Aside from that, there's also the issue of the usage of the English that was used, because many of the words that were used in the translations there have since fallen out of common use. And some of them even mean almost the exact opposite of what they did when they were translated then. A person back in the um, in the 1600s and 1700s when that Bible was new, knew exactly what the translators were talking about. Today, they, because of the change in the usage of the words, it's less easy to understand or to know what what it was they were saying. And that's why I say it's better to use a more modern translation, something that was translated, say, in the last hundred years or so. And um, and the NASB, the RSV, the ESV are all pretty good examples of that. So that's the first thing. Now, as for the others, the thought-for-thought translation uh, it doesn't actually translate. It's an interpretation. They read what the Greek or the Hebrew says, and then they interpret that into 
modern English. They interpret what it was that the writers were saying. And it's the same thing with the idea for idea. They read that to get the idea of what it is, and then they write down what that, that idea is in their own words. So here we have the challenge. We have this thought for thought and idea for idea um, interpretations. They're not really translations. They're interpretations. It's the way they interpret what was written in the Bible. And some of the examples of those is the NIV is a, um, is a, a thought for thought. Um, the Good News Bible is a an idea for idea, and uh, and so it goes. So the challenge, though, with those is that the Scripture gives us an indication that there might be some challenges and might be some issues with that type of an approach to translating or creating a uh, a Bible. And I want to go over the first Scripture I want to look at is in Second Timothy three. In this particular scripture, and I'm reading from verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, the first thing we see here is at the start of that verse 16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God. That's the important thing we need to understand. Every scripture, New Testament, Old Testament, was inspired by God. These are the words of God. These are his words. Jesus said about uh, the words of God, he said, Thy word is truth. If we want the truth, then we need to read the scriptures. And as it says here, all scripture is inspired by God. So we need to read the scriptures in as close as possible to the original context, the original meaning, um, as we can. Now, my challenge is that with a thought for thought or idea for idea uh, interpretation, then we're not really looking at those scriptures as they were inspired by God and put into the hands and the uh, the minds of the writers of the Bible. Um, but rather, these people are taking those words and then they're reinterpreting them to say what they think it means, what these men think it means, what these interpreters think the original writers were saying, either by their thoughts or their ideas. Now, there is a, there is a, a problem with that, and we see that uh, discussed over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and I'm going to read from verse 8. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, here we have this this um, anomaly. We have this issue, because we've seen back in that um, scripture I read out in Timothy, that all scripture is inspired by God. Okay, so the scriptures are the words and the thoughts of God that have been put down in writing for us to learn from. To us, for us to gain insight and knowledge and grow into. But here we see in Isaiah 55, in verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. And he's saying the difference between the thoughts of man and the thoughts of God, in verse 9, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So if his thoughts are not our thoughts, then is it appropriate 
for a man to take his words, his scriptures, all scriptures inspired by God, to take his thoughts and then interpret them in a man's way into something else. How much can we trust the ability of man to interpret those thoughts and accept or and know that they are perfectly aligned with the truth as delivered by God in the scriptures? And that concerns me. That's a worry. We have these two scriptures, one that says all scriptures inspired by God, therefore all scripture are the thoughts of God. All scriptures, the thoughts of God. And then we see here that God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. They are so far apart as like the difference between the heavens and the earth. And so if that's the case, then I get concerned with the abundance of these new Bibles that are thought for thought, supposedly, or idea for idea, interpretations of the original scriptures. And that's why I'm saying, if you want to find the truth, if you are truly seeking to find the truth, then stick to a word-for-word translation. How do you find a word-for-word translation? Well, I mentioned a few earlier. But the best way to do it is to have a look at what the notes are in the front of a Bible. Look at the notes from the translators, and they will describe how it is. So going forward, then, if you want to, if you want to find the truth, then the best thing to do is remove all of the impediments. And that's really what I'm talking about here. What are the impediments to finding the truth? And here are two classic ones. The thing is, you need to find the right Bible. If you want to know the truth, get the right Bible, get a word for word translation. And I'm not recommending any. You know, I'm only recommending a type, a category. You choose whatever you want, but you are more likely to get a more accurate reading. And don't worry, I've I found some challenges even in the word-for-word translations because sometimes the word in Hebrew or the word in Greek can have different shades of meaning that don't move into English. And the translators choose one, and it may not be the right one. There are other things that need to be considered. So... Even with those, there are times you need to go back to the original Greek and the original Hebrew, and to be honest, that is the best place to read the um, uh, the truth. But as I said, not all of us read Greek or Hebrew. I don't read Greek or Hebrew, but I have found challenges where I've found scriptures that don't align with the broader context of what's written in other parts of the Bible. And so it's important that we do go back and look at the Greek from time to time. So if you don't want to have any impediments to finding the truth, make it easy on yourself. Go for a word-for-word translation of the Bible rather than one of these thought-for-thought or idea-for-idea translations. And the only reason they do that, and I can understand why they do it, the only reason they do these thought-for-thought and idea-for-idea translations is because generally they make them much easier to read. And I have to say, it is a lot easier to read Uh, say the NIV, which is a thought-for-thought translation, than what it is to read the NASB, which is a word-for-word translation. But the accuracy of the NASB is much greater than what you'll find in the NIV. And I can understand why people would gravitate towards the NIV, because it is easy to read. And there are a lot of study tools for the the NIV. But um, unfortunately, the accuracy may be questionable. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't, but it may be questionable because of the way that they have done and created this particular work. So I would always suggest if you're looking for the truth, 
stick to a word-for-word translation. Anyway, that's all I have for this week. Um, I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you'll join me again next week as we continue on looking at this matter of the truth and how to find the truth, how to seek the truth, and what truth is all about. And next time I'm going to look at the truth in relation to the work of the Holy Spirit, and there's a lot on that because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. So until next time, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, wishing you a great week ahead, and I hope you'll join me again next time. God bless.